The three presidential candidates have three televised policy presentations and one debate coming up as Election Day draws near. All three say they are preparing thoroughly for the events. The KMT's Hoyoi says that although he's not the best orator, he's confident he'll pull it off. Meanwhile, the TPP's Ko Wenze says he's been reading a lot. The DPP's Lai Qingde says he's not yet had a practice run within his campaign team as he's still collecting materials. Let's hear from the three camps. The debate is on December 30th, and on December 20th, there is a policy presentation. I think we are prepared for that. We're collecting materials right now, but we haven't yet reached the stage to hold a mock debate. We're not quite there yet. Thank you, friends, for checking in. I often say that I'm not necessarily the most eloquent, but I am the best at doing things. I use my deeds to show that everything I say, I do. The debate is like the university admissions exam. You never feel like you've prepared enough. I am doing my best and doing a lot of reading. The presidential debate will be held on December 30th and the vice presidential debate on January 1st. Before the debates, three policy presentations will be held as warm-up on December 20th, 26th and 28th. Each candidate will be given three turns lasting 10 minutes each to present his views and policy platform. China's attempts to intervene in Taiwan's elections are catching many headlines. One of the latest campaigns is a video of Chinese scholar Li Yi, who is a supporter of Beijing forcefully annexing Taiwan. In the video, Li says good things about the DPP, saying that they are a better option than the KMT in almost every regard. The DPP's presidential campaign office warns that such videos are designed to get people to believe misinformation. The Ministry of Justice on Monday held a press conference to announce that people who report such interference attempts can get a reward of up to 20 million NT. With the election right around the corner, China is trying to sway public opinion through propaganda campaigns. The Ministry of Justice announced rewards of up to 20 million NT for reporting interference attempts. The people in the DPP are full of truth, goodness and beauty, while the people in the KMT are fake, evil and ugly. Let's compare the DPP and the KMT. Besides the stance on Taiwan independence, which is bad, the DPP is better than the KMT at everything. My opinion is that after we reunify with Taiwan and we rule Taiwan, the people in the DPP should be left in charge of matters related to people's livelihoods. Li Yi is a Chinese scholar who has previously advocated for China to annex Taiwan by force. But in this latest video, he's saying good things about the DPP. Lai Qingde's campaign office says something is up. People have suggested that we make an announcement from the campaign headquarters, saying that people abroad are saying that the DPP is better than the KMT. But these are people who wouldn't be saying good things about the DPP unless it's part of a united front campaign or if they are following orders or recognition from higher-ups. They wouldn't do it even if I gave them 10 doses of bravery. Li's background and the rapid spread of the video signal China is trying to intervene in the election. The channels and methods they've used are similar to how China's netizen army tries to attack the Taiwan government. It's the same approach as they have used over the past two years. In other words, these dissemination routes are definitely tied to China. 
The point of the video of Li Yi is to trick people into believing what he's saying so they'll believe everything that comes after too. Another suspected attempt by China to influence the elections is a recent attempt in which several borough wardens in Taipei were reportedly invited on trips to China. The Taipei District Prosecutor's Office stepped in and brought in the wardens for talks. The KMT has criticized the officer's intervention as an attempt to discourage people from exercising their legitimate rights. Lai's campaign office isn't having the claims. When a teacher finds that a student has been cheating, they get flunked or get given zero marks. Is that a chilling effect too? That's simply education. It's to prevent other students from doing the same thing. For Hou Youyi, China's intervention in Taiwan's elections is beneficial. That's why he's slamming the prosecutor's office, which is hard at work carrying out an investigation. With less than four weeks to go until the election, any slight disturbance could affect the results of the polls. British newspaper The Guardian on Sunday published an article saying that 2024 will be the Super Bowl of democracy. Over the course of the year, 40 countries will be holding national elections, including Taiwan. The report stressed that this unprecedented situation comes amid an existential attack on liberal democracies. The article says that authoritarians and dictators such as China's Xi Jinping and Russia's Vladimir Putin are putting stress on the two most stressed countries of Taiwan and Ukraine. The article says that the upcoming election in Taiwan could lead to growing tensions between China and the U.S., depending on the candidate that wins. Washington's ambassador to China, Nicholas Burns, stated during a recent think tank event that he hopes all parties will behave responsibly before and after the election. Asked on the future of U.S.-China relations, he said he would need to see how things develop. Taiwan's Queen of Badminton, Dai Zing, has won the BWF World Tour Finals title once again. The finals took place on Sunday, and she put on an amazing show defeating Spain's Carolina Marine. 2-1. It was Dai's fourth time winning the event. That ties her for second place for most BWF World Tour Finals titles. Her top spot placement won her a prize of about 6.2 million NT. On social media, Dai lamented that her condition hadn't been ideal in the second half of the year. She said she had felt disappointed that she had failed to reach some goals she had set for herself. As such, she had no high hopes for the BWF World Tour Finals and was surprised to find herself moving on from qualifiers all the way to winning the final. The 29-year-old Shuttler says the victory has given her a boost of confidence, saying she's hopeful about getting good results in the upcoming season and in the 2024 Paris Olympics. The presidential office on Monday held a press conference to offer a sneak peek into the upcoming New Year's flag-raising ceremony. At the ceremony, Taiwan's youth will be on full show. Recipients of the 10 Outstanding Young Persons Awards will lead the singing of the national anthem and the marching bands of two local high schools will drum up a storm. Traditional music melds with dance moves on stage. This is a sneak peek of the presidential office's 2024 New Year's Day flag-raising ceremony. The two performers will bring in feminine energy to the event. They'll be joined by street dancers that will represent Taiwan at the 2024 Paris Olympics. Of course, the marching bands of Taipei First Girls High School and Jianguo High School will also put on a show.
The visuals combine the mountains and the sea, with a big sun at the center, representing Taiwan's tolerance and determination. This upcoming edition of the ceremony is organized by the Taiwan Junior Chamber, and the theme will be A Vibrant Taiwan, A Sustainable Future. Recipients of the 10 Outstanding Young Person Awards will lead the singing of the national anthem. We invited the recipients of the 10 Outstanding Young Person Awards, including Epidemic Prevention Goddess Xu Suhua. We'll also have Billy Chang, who is the first person to join the Cirque du Soleil as a dancer. Just like her theme says, a vibrant Taiwan, these young people will bring in the energy of different generations to convey our glorious history. On the day of the event, 200 members of staff will hold a gigantic national flag for a magnificent display. After the flag on the pole is raised, organizers will give out 2,300 souvenirs, good luck amulets resembling a sweet potato. We wanted to bring people to a fantasy world that draws from our culture, featuring a dragon. The design of this cart features many dynamic lines. They look like fantastical clouds from which emerges a dragon. The dragon's body is covered in green patches that symbolize the beautiful landscapes of the treasure island that is Taiwan. A dragon will take the center stage on the New Year cards, which use yellow and green to represent Taiwan. It's a completely different look to usher in 2024. Since the start of the Thai administration on May 20, 2016, the Thai-X has more than doubled from 8,000 points to 17,600 points. That's an increase of almost 10,000 points. Foreign capital has been pouring in, greatly boosting the morale of investors. Former Minister of Finance Su Jianrong says solid national policy has been key for the booming stock market, along with Taiwan's economic growth. Let's hear from him. Our fundamentals are actually in a very good situation, especially on the front of finance. Everything has been quite stable so far. Every year we have repaid our debts, and over the past few years we have seen surpluses, which can be drawn from in the future to cover some fiscal expenditure. The overall effect of government policy is reflected in Taiwan stock prices. President Tsai has set a new direction for Taiwan's economy, which no longer relies on China. The current situation is that Taiwan is open to the world. If this policy continues, it will be more beneficial for Taiwan stocks. Analysts, scholars and investors are keeping a close watch on the election, gauging each presidential candidate's platform. Whether the current fiscal policy will be maintained and prolong its stabilizing effect on Taiwan shares and GDP growth remains to be seen. Taiwan is facing a serious labor shortage problem. The Ministry of Labor's latest plan involves encouraging older adults and retirees to return to the workforce. Starting in January, unemployed workers or retirees who are over 55 years old who stay continuously unemployed in a new job for three months will receive personal bonus of 30,000 NT. For six months of work, they'll get 60,000 NT. After the guests check out, Wu Mei takes off the used sheets and replaces them with new ones, carefully folding them and tucking them into the corners of the bed. At 64, Wu has retired. This year, she returned to the workforce as a hotel housekeeper. First, work gives people a sense of accomplishment. If you are bored at home, 
then you get to go out and make some friends. Compared with lounging around at home and watching TV, Wool says she gets a sense of achievement from working. Workers like Wool are even more in demand in restaurants. Provided they have work experience and patience, they can alleviate the industry's problems of not being able to find staff. We have about 15 people aged over 60 in total, accounting for almost 9% of our employees. They are extremely attentive and patient. After our basic training, it's easy for them to get started. Starting from January next year, the Ministry of Labour will provide incentives for the employment of older adults. If you are 55 years old and have been unemployed or retired for six months, you can receive 30,000 NT, provided you have been stably employed for three months. For six months of stable employment, it is 60,000 NT. In fact, the Ministry of Labor is already encouraging companies to hire workers over the age of 45. After they have been employed for three months, the government will subsidize the company 13,000 NT to 15,000 NT each month. The hope is that these schemes will alleviate Taiwan's labour shortage. In addition, the Ministry also hopes that companies can offer more courses for people facing retirement, with the target age of students lowered from 64 to 55, so that workers can prepare in advance for a career change. Compared to other advanced countries, Taiwan's middle-aged and elderly labour force participation rate is low. Providing such employment incentives will assist them and encourage them to be willing to return to the workplace. Of course, a part of this is that currently industries are facing a shortage of workers, and these people more often than not also have professional expertise and experience. According to statistics, in South Korea, Japan and the United States, the labor force participation rate for those aged 60 to 64 is as high as 50 percent to 60 percent, but in Taiwan it is only 39 percent. For those aged 65 and above, in Taiwan the labour force participation rate is just over 9%, but other nations can see rates of 20 to 30%. The Ministry of Labour hopes to use these incentives to encourage people to begin a second career later in life and also alleviate workers' shortages. One Song Orchestra is a Taiwanese ensemble that adapts famous Taiwanese music so that listeners around the world can listen to musicians born and raised in Taiwan. The group went on a trip to the west coast of the U.S. this past summer and it recently announced it's starting a world tour during which it'll play at 10 of the biggest concert venues. The first stop is Tokyo's Centauri Hall and coming along for the musical ride will be some of the orchestra's most passionate fans. With one song orchestra's music, listeners around the world can hear familiar melodies and stirring rhythms. In June, the Taiwanese orchestra visited the west coast of the U.S., where it touched the hearts of Taiwanese living there. One song orchestra announced it'll start its tour of playing concerts at 10 of the world's biggest music halls. To be able to perform at Tokyo's best concert hall, it truly means so much. This is because essentially we're the first Taiwanese orchestra to bring Taiwanese music with us to one of the world's top concert halls. The orchestra just announced that in June 2024, it'll play at Tokyo's Santori Hall, and then it'll head to perform in Kumamoto. The group will be playing new original songs for these two concerts. 
In addition to bringing new elements to classic songs that represent Taiwan, the orchestra also incorporates different music styles from all over the Far East. The group's rendition of late Taiwanese singer Teresa Tang's greatest hits is part of an effort to further deepen Taiwan and Japan's friendship. The most meaningful thing is the music that Taiwan and Japan share in common. So, what is that music? Well, for this trip, it's such an honor that violinist Richard Lin accepted our invitation, and so he'll be going with us. He won first prize in violin at Japan's Sendai International Music Competition. He'll be performing his work, The Golden Age, which is a violin suite. One Song Orchestra is committed to both developing Taiwan's local musicians and bringing the sound of Taiwan to the world's ears. Time and time again, the orchestra has garnered support from businesses such as TSMC, which already reserved all the seats at the future show in Kumamoto. There are also many music lovers who are excited about going with the group to Suntory Hall. The fans are looking forward to a journey of musical sensations. Personally, my two biggest interests are music and cuisine. They're both types of ephemeral art. With music, you can hear it and then it's gone. But you'll always remember it. When I found out that One Song Orchestra was going to be able to bring Taiwanese music to Japan's Centauri Hall, it was just so inspiring. Playing music that touches the hearts of listeners, One Song Orchestra will continue on its journey of using beautiful melodies to build a musical bridge that connects Taiwan with the world. Temperatures bounced back on Monday to more than 22 degrees in several parts of the island. But the warm spell is not here to last. On Tuesday afternoon, a cold front is expected to bring the mercury down once again. The Central Weather Administration says it's a strong one. Compared with the front this weekend, this upcoming continental front will bring lows of 10 to 11 degrees to the north. That's in contrast with the lows of 12 degrees of this past front. So for now, it seems the upcoming front will be more intense, bringing temperatures about one degree lower. Whether the front will be strong enough to be considered a cold spell remains to be seen over the next day or two. Starting Tuesday, temperatures could sink to 11 degrees in central and northern Taiwan with lows of 14 elsewhere. The most intense cold is expected from Thursday night to the early morning on Friday. All in all, there will be four days of chilly weather until the front eases off over the weekend, but not for long as forecasters say another cold front may sweep in on Sunday night.